Welcome to the Taking It Outside podcast from Spring Hill Outfitters, the show that connects you with the outdoors, with experts on guns, archery, cooking, outdoor gear, and more. Here's your host, Trent Lassiter. Oh, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode here of Taking It Outside Inside Spring Hill Outfitters. We're back, and we are better than ever. Took last week off. Just because we had a lot going on, and we say that, that's our excuse a lot of times, but it's really a valid excuse, but it was a good excuse for last week, and we try to do one of these things every week. We have a lot going on this time of year, and couldn't be with y'all, but we're back again for Season 3, Episode 19 of Taking It Outside. Great uh, episode planned for today. Before we get into that, of course, as always, you can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we'll be waiting for you. You can find us. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, share with all your friends. Go to YouTube and look for Taking It Outside. Find us on there so you can watch our pretty faces. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Springhill Outfitters, SpringhillOutfitters.com. We're there as well. <laughs> I just do like a figure just out a, Joe. Yeah. Joe, I'll forget about it. Like, do this some kind of like a graphic that can like just scroll that says, "Hey, just find this podcast at all these places," and it'll save a little bit of time on each episode. Maybe you should just do it really good one time, and we'll record it and just just play it like before like the intro. Like, do a pre. Joe, make a note of that too. We could do a pre-recorded intro, so we just like whenever it's live, it's just we just start talking about the podcast. <laughs> uh, speaking of Joe, thank you, Joe, for what you do behind the scenes. Joe Gilly Productions, the man, the myth, the myth, the myth, the myth, not myth. Not the myth. man, the myth, the legend. Joe, a uh, big part of the podcast, big part of the family here at Spring Hill Outfitters. And uh, thank you for what you do for us here. Uh, past episodes, if you have not listened to the last couple of episodes, we had some really cool uh, episodes talking about Labor Day and dove hunting and deer hunting, deer prep. And I had a couple of customers on talking about some stuff, hunting seasons here, and we're excited. So uh, check out some of those past episodes. We are excited this week because it is going into our 20th anniversary week of Spring Hill Outfitters. Very excited for that, and we'll talk more about it later on in the episode. But very excited. I thought about that when I thought about Joe because Joe did this really, really cool video that I got a chance to see last night for the first time, the rough draft. And y'all are going to love it. And if you don't love it, just tell me how much you love it so i'll feel better about myself but it's a really cool video <laughs> joe did a great job uh we recorded it feels like months ago now and he's been June. working on it and uh they finally got the rough draft all kind of put together and he's adding some pictures and he's actually downstairs right now uh coming in today to get some extra footage around the store to put in a really cool video that's going to be out next week but we're celebrating 20 years of taking it outside next this coming wednesday we'll have a cake Ordered it a while ago. Sheet cake. We're excited. I love cake. Yes, you do. <laughs> and cupcakes. Uh, before we get any farther, we're going to introduce everybody. Of course, you know Miss Ashley here, uh, back from the uh, great unknown, great ter- I don't know what Canada, whatever you want to call that. <laughs> back, back from Canada, Miss Ashley, and then of course the man here to my right in the middle of us is uh, I call him Dad. So you can call him the same thing if you want to. But my dad, he's been here. It was funny last year. Uh, he was here for season two, the exact same episode. We discussed that a while ago, episode 19, season two. We'll have to remember that next year. Uh, welcome back. Good to be here. He's very excited, if you couldn't tell. He's holding it back right now, but he's very excited <laughs> to be here. I'll let loose he loves doing this. He's channeling everything inside right now. He's been begging me, want to come do an episode. I was like, fine, come do one today. This may last a couple hours. So y'all get some popcorn. <laughs> It's going to be a while. Back in 1952. No. Uh, 
No, we're excited <laughs> to have him here. Uh, we have a couple of reasons of why he's here, and we'll talk more about those here in just a second. But always happy to have him stop by the store and share his knowledge on uh, duck hunting and life. And and uh, if you haven't followed him on Facebook, by the way, you know, usually when Kent comes on, we always plug Kent's Facebook and social media. Uh, if you don't follow my dad on Facebook, you might you want to do that. Should. A good trick. It's a good follow. Yeah. Every time, I, this is no <laughs> lie on a weekly basis, somebody comes by the store and says, man, I saw your dad. I said, stop. Just stop right there. And they were going to say, well, he posted on Facebook. And I was, I said, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know what it is. Just don't tell me. I won't be involved in whatever it may be. But he's a good follow on Facebook. <laughs> Um, before we get into talking about duck hunting and getting ready at Greenwing Hunt Camp and all the stuff we have planned for this season, we always kind of recap what's been going on the last couple of weeks. And honestly, we've been just kind of getting ready for season here at the store. A lot of new stuff's coming in, and we're getting everything put in and put out. And uh, that's why we were kind of tied up last week and had some scheduling issues with the, the episode. But uh, Miss Ashley, however, went uh, spent – she said it was a three-day trip. It's five days in my mind. She said three days. But uh, she spent a handful of days this past weekend up in Canada, uh, which is somewhere I've never – we went to Canada as a family when I was, like, much, much younger. Like on a, It was, like, just on the edge of Canada on, the, on this side of – Maritime Providence. Yeah. So it was – we like we just did – we went to Canada to say we were in Canada, but it was like, like we just stepped over the edge, you know, and kind of hung out there and came right back. But she went, like, all the way up. I like, went to the North Pole. She went, like – I was up there. Saskatoon. So Saskatoon. Where'd you go? I saw Sasquatch. You saw? No, it's not. What's the town called? Sasquatch? Saskatoon. I flew into Saskatoon. Saskatoon. And then. From micro, what direction is Is that north? From micro, North Carolina. It would be north. If you're looking at the map at micro, it is. Northwest. North, way west. Okay. Probably, you probably can't see when I zoom. You had to zoom out a little bit to see both of them at the same time. But you flew in to Saskatoon, and we're not going to. The whole episode is not going to be dedicated to her travel. Uh, which I'll I make think it quick. We could do that, but she yeah. has some travel issues. I think going out uh, with flights and delays and whatnot. But yeah, she flew we'll into Saskatoon. Skip, we'll skip the issues. We're not worried about the flying. Yeah, yeah we're we'll skip hunting. the issues. But we flew into Saskatoon, yep. and then we drove two and a half hours um, to Nipawin, which is Nipawin. Nipawin, which is about. Well, two and a half hours. Uh, it was northeast, so we even went further north. Um, when I said I was going on this trip, I'm not a – I don't, like, do a lot of digging. I just kind of show up and go with things. <laughs> it's like my first one. I was like, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I'll say <laughs> so it now, actually. Really <laughs> the first – it's like we talked about this before about first trip to Argentina. When I was in college, I called Dad that night. Since Dad's here, i got to tell the story. I was like, hey, I bought a dove hunt trip. I borrowed that credit card real fast. And uh, – I need, we're going to go to Argentina dove hunt. And he said, you know where that is? I said, no. I mean, it, I don't, it's not that far Trent's away. exact words were, it's not that far. <laughs> and I said, it's a long way the other Daddy side said, of micro, son. Daddy said, look at the map. So anyway, go ahead. You didn't and know, so you but didn't know where you were I mean, going. I knew it was up there, over there, but I didn't dig too hard. Um, anyways, we were up there. And we were hunting, so we drove to Nippawin two and a half hours. And then we were hunting... Most mornings and afternoons, like an hour from there. So an you drove hour two north. and a half hours from the airport, and then yeah. you were hunting an hour or something away from where you stayed. Yeah, okay. so we were hunting on those first fields out of the timber in what? Tundra. Yeah. What's north of Canada? What's up there above Canada? The North Canada? Pole, Santa Claus. Is that what's, I don't even know what's above Canada. I was homeschooled. But. Literally, the North Pole. Okay, I didn't know. That was it. So were your guns the first one that those geese had seen? Yes. 
So that's what I was getting to. That's so cheating. They, that's not fair. So that's the first fields, the first food they have seen out of the timber, and they didn't care about us. They were ready to eat. They were ready to eat. I mean, oh, cool. we could have probably sat in lawn chairs and skipped setting up a blind because, hmm. like, after we were already done shooting and we're taking our pictures, they're still coming in on decoys. Oh, the limit. Um, on snows, it was 20 per person, and we shot two limits at least. And then another day was like 75, another day was like 80. So, so, let's, so y'all were shooting, y'all were, what were y'all, y'all were hunting what? Uh, snow Canada, geese? snows, and ducks. And we really didn't see uh, too many ducks. We probably shot about two dozen ducks. I ain't told you this yet, but the day you left and flew like halfway across the country or the world or whatever it was to go shoot Canada geese, there was like 80 behind the farm in that field. Yeah. And I was like, man, you could have just stayed right here and gone out there in that morning and worked and slid That's over the same there. same thing I told her about dove hunting in closer. Argentina. Like, uh, yeah, she well, more doves than there was exactly. in Argentina than there was here but well, I anyway. shot I shot some natives so y'all shot Canada geese and, and snow geeses and and, and uh, some ducks, some ducks and the ducks and were all ugly they won't really? they hadn't gotten really pretty yet I shot a redhead he was pretty and it was all dry a little bit of water maybe mm-hmm. some ducks it's water, very dry there right now apparently they're in like a major major drought which that kind of sucked but yeah we shot um dry fields pea fields panel blinds layout blinds or what panel blinds yep but so you had a good time great time and it was all girls uh, all, all, y'all, girls. y'all flew out there on us. thursday and hunted like friday saturday sunday come back monday is that right yep you hunted three yep days. and it was um all eight, eight of us were girls and i think it was a it was an experience we had all hunted together before everybody yeah. who went so we all knew each other so that was fun i hadn't seen some of them since january um so we we're back at it that's cool yep anything else you want to add about the trip before we get on to Something else? Uh, I guess if you are looking to go up there, um, contact Thunderbird Outfitters. I know they're probably booked up, but... Did they pay us to say that? Uh, I had a good time, okay? I'm just no, we actually do have, uh, you know, we have contacts here, obviously Thunderbird Outfitters. And they have North Carolina ties, thank you. We have um, Parnell Joe, the guy we mm-hmm. went to Kansas with. They're up there in Canada hunting right now, too. He's they're got in Alberta. Some, he's got some... Uh, uh, land up there they're up there hunting right now as a matter of fact so um we do are not endorsed by any certain outfitter we don't have any ties any certain outfitter here but we do have recommendations if you ever are interested in doing a trip out west or up north or whatever it may be um we don't like i said we're not married to anybody but we'll give our two cents whatever we think anyway yeah i always have a hard time let's listen we went to texas speaking about going on guided hunts you know and it's uh we went to texas i was 12 years old so that was like uh a long time ago 1999 1998 maybe 1999 we went to texas and booked a hunt my grandpa and dad and my grandfather's doctor and we all went out there and didn't really have a clue didn't have a recommendation of a good place to go and found somebody i don't even know how we found that place chamber we're out there. of commerce the chamber of commerce <laughs> down there seriously that was a mistake. <laughs> I remember. That. I don't uh, advise doing that. <laughs> so we didn't have anybody here to tell us somebody they recommended. So we went to the Chamber of Commerce. I guess they didn't have a website. We probably called. You probably called. They probably. I know there wasn't a website. But, yeah. I think it was his brother they recommended. Him. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. His brother was the president of the Chamber of Commerce. But uh, no, we went down there and, and it wasn't a pile of money, but it was you know we everybody spent money and went down there and it was absolute bust. And that's one of the biggest things if you're going to spend money and go on a deer hunt, duck hunt. 
whatever it may be, Argentina, Canada, Kansas, wherever it may be. And, and you know, uh, that's kind of a risk you take, right? So you find somebody and go out there, and I don't care what kind of pictures they have on social media or whatever. Yeah. You can go out there and spend a couple, $3,000 and not see a thing. Yep. And that's not good. That's what happened to us the first year in Texas. We were I saw we saw one, I think all out of four hunters, we saw one cow horn dead and I did like the last day like run across a little cut through. And, and he looked so pitiful. We went and shot him Yeah, we I felt we to. felt bad for him. But it was <laughs> so that's the only deer we saw on this three day hunt. And so uh you know, you want to take off and go to Canada and go duck hunting if you're thinking about some places to go, uh, at least run, you know, talk to us and we'll try to t- yeah, share. Yeah, I mean, it's still hunting, whether you pay for it or don't yeah. pay for it or freelance, it's still hunting. Um, yeah. But you, I guess at that point, you're just looking for, make sure you're with good people yeah. and good people that are following the rules and well, regulations, got- especially when you go out of the country. I mean, you can yeah. get in trouble here, but getting in trouble out of the country is a whole different story. Yeah. So uh, that was a big deal, just being with good people being in good hands yeah and that was one of the concerns obviously the argentina hunt we went on this you know you when you do travel out of the country especially somewhere like a foreign place canada or wherever it may be argentina you know you want to make sure at least you have somewhere safe to stay right and and uh some good food and good accommodations and hunting's hunting you may or may not kill anything but you want to make sure at least they have a value effort in trying to matter of fact um we had some issues traveling and what time we got in and whatnot and our nick uh, I mean, we were far away from where we needed to go. That was that was going to be a long walk, but Nick reached out to the rental company, and they waited for us. They waited for our flight to come in, and it was like one o'clock in the morning when we came in. And Nick reached out to Avis, and Avis waited for us to get there. Thank God, so we weren't stranded in Saskatoon. But yeah, it was a good time. Uh, speaking of hunting. Hunting season's here in North Carolina too. Can't shoot. Well, I guess you can't shoot resident geese right now. But mm-hmm. uh, we're we're in Couple deer deer mode, it. archery mode, and dove mode, and black powder starts up here soon, and and before long it'll be gun season, and then after that'll be the first duck split comes up. Uh, I said it first. The first duck split that we really care about is a short season, but the first big one starts uh, a little over a month away. The first of November, the fourth, I think it is that Saturday. So. Uh, summer, we talked about this two weeks ago, but summer is behind us, and that makes me very happy, and we're not worried about any more hot weather. We're focusing on hunting season, and uh, so we're excited for Has that. Has anybody shot a decent deer yet? I've seen a couple of pictures. Davis, I would give a shout-out to Davis, Davis Hodges. Uh, came in this past week with his daughter and got set up on a, on a crossbow. Her, his daughter shot her first deer. Uh, not far from here, a really cool experience, and, and that, that was neat. Yeah, so, I think I've seen, seen um, like, two, like, Rockingham County yeah. and whatnot, but I don't know if I've seen I'm one around here yet. I've not seen any big yet. boys killed around here. I've seen here, again, it's plenty of, of pictures on on, uh, on some cameras, but no deer that have been yeah. killed, no big deer. But. It's been warm, but it, today it's gotten pretty chilly, so. Yeah. Uh, so, since Dad's here, we're going to talk about Green Wing Hunt Camp, right? And uh, before we get into the latest what's going on down in Hyde County, we've got a special announcement. If you're listening to this. drum roll? Yes. <laughs> it's not a, a pitiful drum roll. Uh, we're going to announce this officially on Sunday. If you're listening to this podcast today, it comes out on Friday, Friday or Saturday. You'll hear it first here that we, along with our friends at East Coast Waterfowl, are doing the Great Duck Hunt giveaway and giving one lucky winner and a guest. So that's two lucky winners, technically. But two folks are going to go down and hunt with the Spring Hill Outfitters Pro Staff 
and the East Coast Waterfowl Pro Staff at Green Wing Hunt Camp. It's going to include uh, stay, lodging, food, and some uh, East Coast Waterfowl gear, Spring Hill Outfitters uh, gear, as well as a gift card to buy some more stuff to use on the hunt. And uh, duck hunt the next morning. And we also have a film crew, video crew, going down to do some cool social media uh, some upcoming projects we're working on with YouTube and social media, and whoever gets the opportunity to go on this trip is going to be a part of that video as well. And we're really excited to do that. So uh, November 15th is uh, the day we leave, leave on the 15th, spend a night, eat dinner, hunt on the 16th, and then come back home. So you and the guest, and we'll have more details on that coming out. Uh, Sunday, October 1st, which is crazy to think October is already here, but the 1st through the 15th, I think it is, you have two yep. weeks to enter uh, enter the contest, we'll announce the winner, and then talk to whoever, work out the details. But it's the 15th and 16th, the chance to get down and hunt with us, the crew at Spring Hill Outfitters and East Coast Waterfowl. At Green Wing Hunt Camp in Hyde County, we have a ton of people that call and message us wanting to book hunts at Green Wing Hunt Camp. And it's not, uh, we don't do booked hunts, we don't do any kind of paid hunts, but we do have opportunities like this pop up, and we're excited to provide this for y'all, a chance to get in there and hunt with us. And uh, hopefully it'll be cool, and we'll have some ducks to shoot. If not, we'll still eat good and tell some lies and get some good pictures and videos for social media. So uh, stay tuned for that this weekend, the great duck hunt giveaway at Green Wing Hunt Camp along with East Coast Waterfowl. All right, uh, Green Wing Hunt Camp. So we talked about this last year, kind of like the same time of the year about the cabin and, and people that go on duck hunt. This is going to be – we always do every episode for people who are expert duck hunters but also maybe get into duck hunting. And and uh, so it's good we kind of touch on both – both sides of the spectrum but a lot of people and dad said this a lot that people go down to Hyde County or anywhere they go hunting uh like that in impoundment just think that they just show up and it just everything is just there right so the corn and everything is mowed and sprayed and the blinds are brushed and everything is just it's just it just happens but it actually does not happen that way and it's kind of a 12 month they work 12 months out of the year and it's a really cool episode we did last year talking about this and that's kind of what we're going to hit on uh, today is kind of talking about an update on Green Wing Hunt Camp and what all goes into it over these last three or four or five months since we last uh, went down there and did an episode towards the end of January with Chef uh, Jean-Paul and his crew down there. I think Anthony was with us and Kent, some of those guys too, maybe the end of the season. But uh, what's been happening in, in Green Wing Hunt Camp, what all goes into an impoundment like that, it doesn't just happen overnight, right? So a lot of work goes into it. So um We'll go ahead and die. Green Wing Hunt Camp. The biggest thing that's really, before we get into what all's been going on as far as flooding fields and cutting and planting and that stuff, we have some additions. What all, I'm going to let Dad talk about kind of some things we've been doing or they've been doing down there at the cabin since last year as far as a couple of additions and construction going on. It seems like every year we have more and more people going. And when we first built it, it was just simple, a cabin. I think it was 18 or 36. And then five years later, we built a bedroom at the back to get the bunk beds out of the main part of the cabin. So we've got a lot of the bed. Most of the beds are there. Trent always sleeps on the sofa. I don't think he's ever slept on a bed. Nope. <laughs> Most of the guys, a lot of the guys that go sleep in the chairs, pretty comfortable chairs we've got there. But we've got uh, several beds lost and so forth. So I sort of wanted to expand that a little bit. So I built a bedroom on at the back. Um, nice big sort of private bedroom for me with a walk-in closet. And we built another bathroom. And if you, those of you that have been, the bathroom that was there uh, was pretty small. Uh, you had a corner shower with a big hot water heater sitting beside of it. So we took that out, took the hot water heater out, and built a, a, put a full-size shower in. So it will be a, a lot more convenient and, and so forth to, um, to take a shower and all there. While you're on the bathroom, before we get 
I just thought about it. And we have like as many as 20, 15, 20 people get in there at a time, right? So you can imagine this little small little bathroom if you've never been to Greenway Hunt Camp. And let's just say it's 20 guys, okay? And I'm going somewhere with this, so just hang on. Don't get mad. So 20 guys, and we're all down there, and you wake up in the morning. So guys, you know, probably half of them maybe brush their teeth. Maybe I don't know what they do in the morning. So you have to, you have uh, things to do in the bathroom to get ready and, and uh, whatever before you go hunting. So you can imagine 20 people, 20 guys. Uh, in this one little small bathroom. And then you mix in like the store hunt where maybe have a dozen people and let's say four or five of those are females. What that even does to the line, right? So the line is even even it's even more backed up. So the question where I brought this up is the place that, the place y'all stayed in Canada, you had all these girls, like the accommodations, how many bathrooms were in the place you stayed? Was we it had, one house or a cabin or where'd y'all it was, stay? Yeah, we had two bathrooms. Um, there was two girls in each room. So four rooms, two bathrooms, and each bedroom had a mirror too. So, but you had eight girls share two bathrooms. Yeah, okay. getting ready wasn't a problem. Okay. I know y'all, I mean, no offense to females, but I figured y'all probably took a little extra time in the morning to get ready versus what the normal We did guy take does. extra time, but we were not late, not once. Okay. All right, I'm sorry. So, so, we, so we've got we've got that that going on there as far as accommodations inside the cabin, and then we, uh, those of you that have been down there, we built what I call the party room onto the barn a few years ago, and uh, and we had a fireplace at one end and a garage door at the other, and that's where we set up tables and we could feed about 22 people in there, but we didn't have a really good place to cook. We were always trotting back and forth from the cabin to the. Um, to the dining room or party room, and that was aggravating when it's cold, wet, raining, mud going in and out everywhere. So we were building a um, 20 by 30 uh, additional room beside the party room, and we're cutting out a big section of wall, so it'll be like one big 30 by 30 room, basically. And we're putting all commercial equipment in there, commercial freezer, commercial refrigerator, ice machine, commercial uh, gas range, um, I think there'll be three four-foot stainless steel gas hood, exhaust hoods in there because most of the cooking stuff that we have is on wheels. So um, the, the big four-foot-long, what's it called? The, camp cap, the flat top yeah. camp shelf we got here at Spring Hill. Uh, that's on wheels. Uh, oyster steamer is on wheels. Uh, getting a Komodo Joe here from uh, Spring Hill Outfitters, and that'll be on wheels. So we'll keep all those under the, um, the uh, exhaust fan so we can cook inside and then there'll be a garage door at one end of that. So if it's warm, we can open that. And also putting heat and air in there. So if it's really, really cold, uh, we'll have a heating system that can heat both rooms in addition to the fireplace that's in there. So, And then we're connecting the barn to the cabin with uh, a nice covered walkway and uh, concrete. And so you can go into the cabin without going through the mud and the rain. And what he's trying to say is we have a duck hunting complex now. It's not a cabin. It's a yeah. complex. Compound. It's a compound. It's compound. Like a- compound. Compound. You think about a new compound. But there's something different from the pound, but compound. Uh, but uh, so it's going from a cabin to this complex compound uh, that it may be. It's all kind of connected. So whoever has the chance to win this hunt is probably going to be one of the first people potentially maybe to see the whole thing. We're talking about, I'm a commercial guy, right? So like, when I built my house, I want to have like a grand opening in my house. And they're like, no, it's a house. Once I know it's a grand opening, it's, I think commercial. So I think like we have a ribbon cutting for the cabin when we have the first, when we get it all done, like a big get together. But this, whoever wins this hunt mid November is probably going to be one of the first people to be down there to see it all complete and the party room and the kitchen and the compound and the, and the walkway <laughs> and everything is kind of all going to be. So uh, it'll be nice. I It's thinking about the, 
uh, whoever wins is hunting opportunity to go down there. You know, we have people all the time, like I said, that call and want to pay to go. But it is, I do. It's, I'm interested and excited to have a chance for somebody to go down here. One of our great customers of ours in East Coast Waterfowl that wants to go and and can come join us because it is a really cool place. And a lot of people have gone over the years, and we have people all the time. Dad, I know that kids when they went there were like 12 and 13 years old, uh, 15 years ago. You know that that. Uh, come in and see them that are grown of course and, and mentioned going down it's a really cool place and the construction only makes it uh it's going to be even better this year so we're excited for all those additions yeah it's supposed to be done i told the, the builder i'd like for it to be done by the middle of october um and i don't think we're going to make that date uh, wiring's supposed to be roughed in next week but i think by the first of november so very well that everyone wins this hunt they very well could be One some of the, of the first, first people, people. To go down I got to talk to Kamado Joe, of course. Patrick from Kamado Joe is. Uh, we are planning to have a big, and it may. As you know, we don't know who I was going. I'm going to be down there, of course. Kent's going to be down there. We don't know who else from the store is going to be there. His crowd, or and it may be that we have the big, grand poobah kickoff, whatever you want to call it, that same time. And so you may be a part of an even bigger event. But it's going to be a. It's going to be cool. So uh, excited for that. Uh, other than construction. And this is not only about Green Wing Hunt Camp, but about anybody that has any kind of impoundment or anything like this. Um, you know, what all, I guess, talk a little bit about what's been happening down there since uh, the end of January last year and what all it takes that people who don't understand what all it takes to put in the, the effort to put into an, a place like this. What all's been happening, I guess, what's been going on down there since the fields have been flooded or been drained, I'm sorry, to make to get where we are now as far as planting and dissing and cutting and mowing and that kind of stuff? Well, there's probably thousands, well, not probably, there is thousands of acres of duck impoundments in Hyde County. And whether you're a two-acre or a 200-acre, you have to go through the same steps um, every year. And if you're real serious about it, like I am, you're always planning and, and thinking about what you can do better. And about every five years, I'll have a DU biologist go down and look at what's going on and tell me what he thinks would, would maybe be better for me to do. So, um, I mean, last year, I think the ducks left the earliest that I've ever seen them leave the 15 years I've been there. We had a lot of ducks, and then all of a sudden, uh, right about Youth Day or a little after Youth Day, they all left. So we started draining the fields and getting ready for the next year. So, you know, you have you pump all the water out. If you let it drain out naturally, it takes forever. So we pump it out, run a pump, uh, cost a lot of money to run the kind of pumps that you have to run to drain 100 acres. And um, then once it dries out, you start planting to decide on what you want to plant where and how. And, and uh, the biologist recommended so we plant uh, 30 feet of corn, which happens to be 12 rows, and then we leave 30, 30 feet of natural grass. And then I go in, um, there's a lot of hemp suspania, if you guys know what hemp suspania is. It's a huge, huge weed that grows really, really fast. It doesn't come up until probably June, and there's some down there now that are 10 feet high. And you don't want too much, but you want some. So I go in, and um, when it gets about knee high, I go in with a sprayer and try to kill about 90% of it and leave about 10% for the ducks and for vertical cover. And um, so you do that. You're, there's always work going on. I mean, you're, you're, you're repairing your blinds as soon as the season gets over, and you can get in there. You're, you're nailing boards. You're doing this and the other. And then some of the years, you know, it's always been um, – with a lot of the years, it's really warm. So you don't um, you don't want to have fire ants in your duck blind. Um, no. First time I carried the, my new dog, Bo, that I bought, 
And uh, she kept whining and moving and, I, you know, sort of got ill at her for not being quiet. And a few minutes I started whining and moving because I had fire ants up around my waders and they were coming in around my neck. So we also, uh, every year now we also spray, um, we spray for fire ants in the spring. They try to keep them out of there because uh, when you flood the fields, we've got mounds of dirt that the blinds are sitting on, so the fire ants migrate to the highest land. So all of them in the field go to the duck blinds if there's any of them there. So, you know, you start in the spring by doing that, repairing your blinds and and thinking about what you're going to do next year and replacing any blinds that need to be. You always have to build a blind or two. And then you you manage your weeds and your grass and your corn. And and I guess the the other thing that's sort of difficult to – the plan and and all the impoundments have the same issues is that um it costs a lot of money to pump water and if you're trying to flood 100 acres it takes a lot of water to flood 100 acres so it takes a lot of money so you want to save every drop of rain you can and um and i told trent when one of these storms came through sometime back i said i've got to get to hyde county today and mow around my ditches and mow paths going from the bridges to the blind so in the morning when it's dark you you'll have a clear-cut path to get to your blind Mm -hmm. and won't get lost and uh and if it rains like i want it to rain it's going to be too wet to do that so we hurt we got down there i worked until dark 30 that night mowing we put the floodgates in we closed all the risers uh we turned all the pumps off and we did all that and then we had about three inches of rain which somewhat flooded the field it got it out of the ditches and this last hurricane flooded quite a bit of it so um that's that's the majority of work that we've done up until this time as far as that's concerned plus you get decoys ready and get all that done so i remember you saying last year you found yourself cutting back on the amount of corn you were planting did you cut back again this year no, or no kind of kept it the same no, i kept it the same thing i think you need corn it's interesting that the du biologist when he went down there i think i've had three different ones i have a different one every five years and uh, one of them told me, he said, if this was my place, and, and it was strictly for ducks, which mine pretty much is. I like to see deer and like to see bear, but we, we hunt very little. Um, he said, I would never plant corn. He said, we have proven in our impoundment that, that native natural grasses or smart weed and sedges and that type of grass uh, will attract and hold just as many ducks as corn. Well, if you've been to Hyde County for... 40-some years like I have, it's really, really hard to beat corn. And they also tell you that when it's really cold, the corn, the ducks will eat the corn for the, for the heat and the calories they get from the corn, which is a carbohydrate. And then in, in about December and January, they change their diet over to uh, little invertebrates, the little bugs that's in the grass, and grass holds like a thousand times more invertebrates than corn does. So you want a mixture. So if it's real cold, they hit the corn. If it's not real cold, they hit the little invertebrates. And that's why later in the year you want to pull your water down and uh, decrease the water column because that increases the number of little invertebrates in the water column, and the ducks can do their little ducky things and eat more food per mouthful that there's less water for them to get it out of. And do ducky things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while you're on that subject, before I forget about it, I, I have been talking, and we have a really cool episode coming up here, hopefully the next couple of weeks between now and – uh, the first of November, but um, we're going to have a, a Ducks Unlimited uh, episode, and we're going to have kind of a two-part episode. One's going to be a biologist talking about what we're talking about here on impoundments and the biology side, but also then the fundraising side of Ducks Unlimited too. But I'm excited to talk to them and uh, those guys to figure out, learn a little bit more about 
the impoundments and like you said, corn versus grass versus, you know, what the ducks want. And, and I remember some years, and people always ask me this past week, one of our uh, customer of ours that has a place right across the road of uh, from Green Wing Hunt Camp said, how's y'all's place looking? And I remember over the last several years, you know, some of the years that everything looks like the corn and the flooding and everything on paper looks great, right? So it's, it's, this is going to be a great year. It looks as it should look, and it sucks, right? So we don't kill any ducks. And then some years, the corn doesn't look that great. It just doesn't look that, you know, on paper, what you read, it doesn't look as it should, and then we kill a pile of ducks. So you can't always go by what the books always say. Well, most of my friends down there, and I don't understand this, and maybe there's a little logic to it, but I know I was talking with a friend in here this week that's got a pretty large impoundment in Hyde County, and he had the same theory that and I'd always heard. And it seems like the more corn you have, the less ducks you have. And the less, the sorrier the corn crop, the more ducks you have. And that doesn't make a lot of sense, except um, if you've got two or 300 or 1,000 acres or whatever of corn and you've got 200 bushels to the acre, it takes a long time for those ducks to eat out that corn. So they tend to stay in that area for a long time. But if you've got a sorry corn crop and you don't have any, or you've got 25 or 50 or 75 bushel to the acre, if the hurricanes come and blow it down and it turns 90 degrees and it ferments and rots, they, it's, <laughs> you, they won't eat it. Yeah. So then they have to travel bigger distances and, and to get their, get their corn. And So I guess that's one reason it seems you have more ducks when you have less corn. Yeah, it's um... – I'm like it's, it's, it's uh, I'm excited to talk to the DU guys about that. It's everything on paper, you know. We always said down there that ducks don't read the same books that we read, and things that uh, on paper should be working one way work a different way. And ducks sometimes read different books than we read. So, um, a lot of work goes in down there, and it's not just this is just about a green wing hunt camp commercial. We don't do guided hunts, but it's it's any impoundment down there. A lot of people. That go down there to do guided hunts. You know, you may pay and go somewhere around Hyde County or Swan Quarter and go to these places. Uh, these guys, whoever may be operating these places, put a lot of work and effort and time into it, and uh, they can do everything right on paper, and it still kind of not work out the way you want it to. But. Yeah, and you need to keep them on. You go and hire a guide as a rule, and there may be exceptions to it, but as a rule, the guides want you to kill ducks. Yeah. So if yeah. you go down there and don't kill any ducks, don't blame the guy. As a rule, I yeah. mean, you may get a bad guy once in a while, but but these people want you to kill ducks because they want you to go back and tell all your friends what a great hunt you had, and yeah. then go make five hundred dollars. And it's not unusual to pay five six hundred dollars a day to sit in a duck blind, and that doesn't mean you, I went last year on a paid guided hunt. Someone else paid for it because it was a, a local bank did it. And uh, I don't think it was, I think it was like 12 I was hunted. There were like three ducks killed. You said you heard one wood duck around yeah, the corner somewhere. We, we heard one wood duck. <laughs> yeah. We didn't see it. We heard one wood duck. A really high in place in Hyde County, a really nice establishment. A lot of money to be a part of this club or whatever it may be, this, this spot. And they heard one wood duck off in the distance. And yep. that's, so that's how it yep. goes. Uh, real quick, for the people who don't know, you hear corn and you hear duck hunting, and most people do know that those two typically – that's a no-no. You can't hunt over corn, but it's different when it's growing. You can't throw right. corn out. That's the that's the difference. Yeah. You, you have to hunt over what grows there. You yes. Can, you can, if I'm not mistaken, and don't say Don Lasseter said this, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure you can manipulate, you can mow natural vegetation, uh, but you cannot mow any crop that's planted. And it's got to be natural, uh, common farming practices. Right. And that doesn't mean grow corn and throw milo in it. 
right. or grow milo and, and, and only have 10 bushels to the acre and go put 50 bushels out there. You can't do that. And you'll ruin it for yourself and everyone else if you start doing stupid stuff like that. The duck's not worth it. We discussed that last episode talking about the CWD with deer and baiting deer. And, you know, what you can do for ducks compared to deer, compared to turkeys, compared to doves is all different. So, um, excuse me. Make sure you know the local regulations. We're not game wardens, and we're not telling you what you can and can't do. We're make sure you follow the rules of right. the you local can't. counties. And we mentioned with CWD now, even counties in North Carolina. We haven't talked about this, but like even like Harnett County, and I could see even Johnson County being in this next year. But the CWD, these restrictions, and you can't bait before a certain time. And Harnett County is different than Johnson County, and mm-hmm. CWD is growing this way. I could I could easily see us. There's some counties that year. can't bound it, or bait at all. You can't bait at all. So you can't bait until November. You can't do all this stuff. How you harvest and bag yep. deer. And I know deer season's coming up, and we're talking about duck hunting. But it's uh, always good to make sure you know where you're going hunting. Uh, if you're going duck hunting and goose hunting, know where the northeast hunt zone is for geese and uh, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yeah, one thing, one thing, talking about rules and regulations and game wardens and so forth that. Everybody, most people that hunt know you're not supposed to bait. That's pretty common knowledge, I think. But one thing you may not be aware of is you, you and your buddy are hunting together, or you got five guys hunting together, and and four of them decide to go home, and one of them left there. Tag your ducks. You yeah. got to you, you've, you've yeah. got to have a you put your the, the ducks that your friends kill. Each individual hunter has to put his ducks in a group, yeah. tie with a string, put a note on each one of them that tells the species, the sex. The time it was killed, where it was killed, your number, put your dog's name. You can't put all the information you can on that tag, and so it's identified with another hunter. Because if you don't do that, you get stopped, and you got someone else's ducks, you're going to get a ticket. So there's a guy down, I can't remember exactly where he's from, but he started toetags.com. It's a, it's a yellow tag, and it's got lines with all that information for you to put on it. And he got in trouble. <laughs> how he how it all came about, he got in trouble for not having his oh, yeah. all of his birds yeah. tagged and um, got in, like, really big trouble with the feds. Yeah. And he started this company and made these tags. And you can go online and order a whole box of go. tags. Oh, you I have wish no... I'd had some of those years ago. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he learned from his mistakes and now made something pretty simple. Um, besides uh, getting ready for duck season, I, I, I can't go this episode without mentioning uh, the three amigos. And I told Miss <laughs> Ashley earlier we're going to do an episode and get all, all of them in here at one time. Oh, gosh. And do one. And <laughs> her and myself are just going to sit back in the back and moderate and translate what they're saying. But um, uh, Mr. Jim and Mr. Eddie are a big part of Greenwing Hunt Camp. And, and the Springhill Outfitters family do a lot for Springhill Outfitters as well. And, and uh, our families and the farm and everything else, too. But I know y'all been doing some fishing and just kind of getting off hunting for just a second. We'll get back on hunting. Uh, y'all been doing some fishing down around that area and, and been catching a few fish. What's the latest fishing report out of uh, Swan Quarter, the well, legal fishing report? We have found a, a, a big spot, but an area where every time we go, we catch our limit of drum, puppy drum, uh, 18 to 27 inches. Caught some 34 inches. Caught several this week. I think I caught seven that were undersized. So, um, but we we start we don't catch many flounder, we don't catch many trout, but we sort of we always catch more than we eat, so that's a big deal. So, hmm. 
That's good. I saw uh, fish stew was Mr. Eddie had one of his world famous fish stews on the stovetop. Yeah, Eddie puts here. all this stuff on Facebook. Every time we catch a box of fish, Eddie puts it on Facebook, and then he starts counting how many people like it. I told him he's worth it a fifteen year old girl. Uh, people to like what he puts on Facebook. So we had a lively discussion about that. But uh, so yeah, Eddie's worried about Facebook likes. You're you are popular on the Facebook. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like our social our ambassadors here. The three yeah. amigos. The three amigos are in charge of our ambassador team. We have a good. We have a good time, and I. I mean, they do a lot of work at Greenwing Hunt Camp. So those two guys have got open ended invitation to go anytime they want to. Because I couldn't do what I do down there without them, because yeah. they they're always helping. They're always willing. We worked on deer stands this week. We replaced windows. We did cleaned them out. Uh, we did a lot of work down there in the last couple of days, and um, I, I couldn't. That place wouldn't look like it looks if it was not for those two guys. There's a good chance whoever wins that hunt in November that you'll probably meet. They'll probably be down there at the same time, Mr. Eddie and Mr. Jim. I appreciate what they do down at Greenwing Hunt Camp, but there's a good chance they'll be down there at that time during that week. Um, deer and bear at Greenwing Hunt Camp is, is obviously uh, focused on duck hunting, but. Uh, Eastern North Carolina, that area, Hyde, Terrell, Beaufort, Washington, those counties around there have a lot of black bear. Uh, anything you want to add as far as what you've seen the last few months as far as deer population and bear population compared to the last couple of years? It, I know deer population goes in cycles. I don't know if it's a disease or what, but when we first bought the place, it's it's basic, it's a half mile wide and a mile long. It's 300-some acres. And, and you could ride around somewhat the perimeter where there were 75 acres of planted food and, and on more than one occasion, I counted 75 deer late in the afternoon. Yeah. And then 10 years later, you'd have a hard time finding two deer uh, at the same time of year, the same crop, same everything. So I don't know what happened to the deer then. And now they're coming back. We're having more and more deer down there. And the bear is sort of a strange thing for me to figure out. Um, we have some come around the cabin. I had one bear to really tear up a lot of things uh, a few years ago, he, he punctured both front tires on my truck. One one night, one the next, just went up and bit him. Uh, a week later, he tore up both seats in a crew cab Polaris. A week later, he tore up his girlfriend. It was a bear. It was a bear. He tore up the uh, the foam rubber seats in a twenty five foot skiff. And uh, two weeks later was bear season, and I, I saw the bear one night, and I thought I said that bear weighed four. <laughs> he had a tire in his mouth walking across yeah. the field. He was looking like so I, he had I saw, in between his yeah, teeth. I saw the bear, I said that bear weighed four hundred pounds. And two weeks later, bear season came in, and my neighbor called me. Last week we treated a bear right on your property. Is it okay if we shoot him? I said, look and see if he's got foam rubber in his mouth. If he does, shoot him twice. So uh, they did kill that bear, and I've not had any trouble with them since. But, I think it was just that one. Yeah, I, I mean, you will have one every once in a while that just sort of goes rogue, and they just want to tear up stuff. <laughs> Cocaine bear. So, so, uh, most time you go, the, the last two trips I've been, I've not seen a bear. Uh, which is unusual. Just about every other trip you go, we, you would see a bear. Yeah, but I will say I've got cameras yeah. down there. I've got a couple of cameras now from turkey season. I leave out all year, and uh, just about every day. I mean, it may be obviously they when they are there, they ride around. You know, obviously during normal hours. But I would get pictures uh, overnight, three a.m., four a.m. Last night I got a bunch of different bear. Uh, just about every every day I'm getting. A pile of pictures of bear around there. Yeah, so, we rode around last around. night at 8 o'clock because I thought maybe we'd see one, and we didn't see a single bear. And then Trent texts me this morning or calls me this morning and said, boy, you got a bunch of bear around the peanuts. <laughs> I carried some peanuts down there. And they really, really just jumped on them. Yeah. I mean, you had 
pictures of three bear, I think, or something like that in one yeah. camera. Going back to baiting for bear, too, going, let's check your local regulations because they do change what you can and cannot. That changed recently in North Carolina, I think, with bear. So yeah. uh, we're not hunting these bear. Obviously, we're just feeding them and, and uh, getting pictures of them and looking at them. But uh, before you bait bear, they have some different set of regulations from bear compared to everything else, too. So make sure you're up on your local rules and regulations for baiting. Uh, what else on Green Wing Hunt Camp before we get on to what else is coming up here at Spring Hill Outfitters that we hadn't hit on? I don't know a whole lot more. I mean, we're you know you never know what kind of year you're going to have until you uh, until you have it and it's over. Um, sometimes it's uh, as good as any place in the world, and sometimes it's as bad as New York City. I guess. Well, with some years, I think so. The 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 that property was purchased in 2005, which is like going on 18 years, which is crazy to think. Uh, this is our 18th year of hunting at Green Wing Hunt Camp, and I think the lowest duck count has ever we've ever had has been like less than 20 ducks. Yeah, well, I, we killed seven. I killed one duck one year, and that was a wood duck. I walked up on the canal. Uh, 17 total ducks. Less than 20 ducks, and then the best year has been like 500 and some. And, yeah, and, and so, that, that doesn't sound like a lot of ducks necessarily, but keep, keep we're not mind, hunting. We yes, only hunt it three hours a week as a rule. We yeah, hunt it for an hour and a half lot. twice a week. And that way, when you do have ducks in there, they stay. They don't leave. So we're pretty yeah. cautious of the number of hours and how much shoot we shoot in there. Well, we're excited for the great duck hunt giveaway and excited for uh, some lucky winner to be a part of that and maybe even a potentially a part of the ribbon cutting for the new outdoor kitchen. And uh, everything at Green Wing Hunt Camp. And appreciate, of course, uh, Dad allowing somebody to go down there and hunt with us. I always love Kent and I have become close the last handful of years and really enjoy Kent going down there. Of course, we work together with the Southern Outdoor Classic now, myself and Miss Ashley and him, and, and uh, him and I have become close and done more hunting together the last handful of years. And always a good time when we get together, so I'm sure that's going to be a great trip. And can't wait to see who wins that to go down there and hang out with us for tonight. And it may, it may be so good we just stay for two nights. Maybe. And don't come back. What night are you, are you taking? What is it? Fifteenth and sixteenth, uh, like a that? Wednesday I think that's night. That's a Wednesday okay. night. Okay. Hunt Thursday. We morning. may just stay for the rest of the week and just hunt every day. May go duck hunting, deer hunting. You don't ever know. We have plans. We get down there and see what the ducks are doing. You may adjust and stay down there and hunt again. You don't ever know. So is that bear season too? Um, it's close. I don't know. It's two weeks before Thanksgiving, I think. I think it is. Maybe could be. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, we're excited for hunting season. And uh, excited for Green Wing Hunt Camp. It's always a good time down there, and hopefully we'll have uh, a good time with whoever wins that hunt. So We're excited for that. Uh, besides that, I mentioned Ducks Unlimited about their uh, episode coming up with their biologists and talking about fundraising. That'll be a good time. And uh, uh, real quick, our Ducks Unlimited Banquet's only a couple weeks away. Yeah, we I was going to mention weeks. that. The Ducks Unlimited Banquet is the uh, 19th. And we're going to have a lot of cool stuff at that event. Uh, you can win a trip to Argentina. Well, I say win. You can purchase <laughs> at a good price. That'd be exciting a trip, for a second. A trip to Argentina. <laughs> uh, we're also going to have a really, really cool Rob Roberts benelling that we're getting done. Some other custom guns and a lot of cool stuff. It's going to be a really great event. So if you have uh, excuse me. any questions about that, I, we actually you can go to our website, springhilloutfitters.com, and go to events and find tickets. For the DU Banquet, uh, the Micro Fire Department event, which I'm involved with, is the week before that. They're getting all their stuff from the Spring Hill Outfitters as well. They're going to have cash and guns and grills and coolers and uh, Jim Quick and Coastline and a food truck. And that's October the 13th 
and we can tell you how to get tickets for that if you come by the store. And uh, working from the back towards the front, of course, next week is our 20th anniversary celebration on Wednesday, October the 4th, here all day. We'll be celebrating all day uh, here at the store with birthday cake, anniversary cake, birthday cake, I don't know, birthday cake. I mean, I'd say it was a birthday cake. Hannah Cakes uh, in Pine Level. Went by and talked to them earlier. You want to see somebody go into a cake store that owns a gun store and it feels very out of place? All these ladies were there, like, ordering cupcakes for their daughter's, like, rehearsal dinner. And I'm like, I just need a cake for the hunting store. I don't really care what's on it, like, the logo in 20 years. And they're asking, like, like, whipped or buttercream. How size? And I was like, I don't know. Like, we're going to have, like, a handful of people. I don't know. Just, like, maybe this big. But I ordered a cake today. We're going to have a cake. QDR is going to be here. Mike Wheelitz from QDR, longtime Spring Hill. Uh, friend of the stores and mine is going to be here from 3 to 5 on Wednesday. And um, what I'm most excited about the whole day is a really cool video I mentioned a while ago from Joel Gilly Productions that's going to debut, premiere that night, probably around 9 p.m. Uh, we're having a little thing for some employees uh, over at the farm. And after that, we'll have it on YouTube for everybody to check out. Really cool video, kind of highlighting the last 20 years of business for Spring Hill Outfitters with some pictures and cool stuff. So. Stay tuned for that. Uh, and there will be cake, but we will have some special deals. We're going to have sales across thing. the store. Yeah. The whole store is celebrating 20 years of taking it outside. The whole store is going to be 20% off, except guns and bows. <laughs> Other than that, it's going to be 20% off. So grills and ammo and clothes and uh, anything else across the store, 20% off. And we're excited for that. Uh, I'm actually going, uh, if all goes well, to go down to try to shoot iguanas uh, next week for a day or two. Uh, excited for that, how that turns out. Uh, I don't know all the details, but we'll find out. If you've never been iguana hunting, which I've never been iguana hunting, we'll see how that turns out. So stay tuned for that recap. Other than that, a pile of new stuff. Turtle Box and Drake and Yeti and Sitka and uh, the Columbia. new Traeger uh, Flat Rock uh, Flat Top Grill. That's actually LP. I know Traeger is known for being pellet a pellet smoker, but they have a flat top grill now that hooks up to an LP tank. It's really cool. Um, they came in this week, eight ninety nine. Really cool. I don't know. It's probably four foot wide, maybe. Uh, that's in stock. Sitka, Columbia, Drake, everything ready for hunting season. Uh, new colors of extra toughs. Yep, new boots. All kinds of new stuff. So. Yep. Lots of new stuff. Uh, if you haven't been by the store, come by and check us out. We are excited for hunting season, and we're excited to celebrate 20 years of taking it outside. Next week, we're trying, depending on our schedule, and we're going to try to get uh, some of the old employees, current and older employees, and, and Mr. Eddie, maybe we're trying to figure out how we're going to get it all laid out next week to do a 20th anniversary uh, episode to learn more about the history of the store, which I'm always uh, – it's pretty cool. 20 years, a lot of businesses, they say. Uh, five years is kind of the make or break point. Like, if you make it past five, you're probably going to be okay. And uh, we're still on the border, but we're we're still we're still doing okay. <laughs> but 20 years of business, uh, it's really cool. So I'm excited to uh, celebrate that next week. And thank you all for tuning in. As always, find us podcasts on all major podcast platforms. Rate, review, share, YouTube, taking it outside. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, look for Spring Hill Outfitters, springhilloutfitters.com. You can shop with us 24-7 from the comfort of your own home. And Sunday, we'll be uh, starting the contest to win the great duck hunt giveaway at Greenlee Hunt Camp. So you can yep. be with uh, the Facebook man himself, Mr. Don Lasseter. And uh, he may do a picture, maybe post a picture of you on his Facebook. You may be famous, you know. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like uh, 
Travis Kelsey and Taylor, I don't know, he's dating some girl, Taylor something, uh, that was at a game this past weekend. I don't think I've heard about it or not all over freaking social media, but that's how it's going to be when you go to Greenway Hunt Camp. It'll probably be the same way that Tay-Tay, uh, the same thing happened to her at the, at the uh, Chiefs game with Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Thank you all for being here. Have a great weekend. Uh, tune in next week for another episode. And uh, come plan on shopping with Stop by the Store next Wednesday, October the 4th to celebrate 20 years. Get a piece of cake starting at 3 o'clock. And it'll be here till it's gone. We close at 6. Uh, but thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all have a great weekend. Make sure you're safe. Take your kid hunting. And uh, enjoy yourself. And until we see y'all again, don't forget to take it outside.